0: Behind the baller, my life is more than money and jewelry. My stories so crazy, dog. I said make a movie. Behind the baller, I went from playing sports to exotic whips Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit. Behind the baller, my life is more than money and jewelry. My stories so crazy, dog. I said make a movie. Behind the baller, I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home at last. Behind the baller. What up, y'all? It's your boy Bambi the Forrest Gump of hip hop. Some of you know me as the jeweler to the stars, but really, I'm just a regular dude with a gorilla grind, all right? who loves McDonald's. <laughs> Always know this, I am a father and husband before any titles in life. Welcome to Behind the Baller Podcast. This is episode 50. Can you fucking believe it? We are 50 episodes legit deep now. Like, we got a catalog, you know what I'm saying? We building that that, that catalog. Um, We're charting in the top 100 for months now. We drop a new episode every Monday and Thursday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We got over 2,000 five-star ratings, reviews on the Apple iOS. Listen, shit is very real, all right? Let's get into this motherfucking show. Um, If I told you that Like I was fully okay You know my birthday going up and everything, Whatever just you know people thinking like My life is good or whatever If I told you I was fully okay I'd be 100% lying You know So it's been now 4 days since the passing of the greatest Basketball player of all time Kobe Bryant and let me tell you this man This is gonna be about me Alright why Because this is my podcast Alright and let me also tell you I'm still fucked up, right? I'm in disbelief and I could care less what y'all think about my birthday or why I mentioned it or, but you know, whatever. But listen, this was the worst birthday that I've had. I could think of all, you know, ever possibly. You know, I've had bad birthdays here and there. This was just where I was. Money could have never changed what the fuck I was going through, right? I haven't had a birthday party or a birthday day this shitty since Q passed away. All right, and he passed away four days before my actual birthday, you know, three years ago. This was just fucking sucky. It was fucky-sucky. Right, it was just fucked up. Um, I honestly just couldn't shake it off. Uh, My wife knows me very well. You know, she had texted me some pictures. Of, she took a picture of me crying in the corner at Dave & Buster's and just, was just like, hey, babe, I've never seen you like this before. I haven't seen you like this since Q. And before that, I haven't seen you like this, you know. But um, I truly believe it was meant to not shake off, you know, it just, it just wasn't, and, and shaking it off wasn't, it wasn't easy, it just, it just, it isn't, I couldn't imagine what Vanessa's going through, you know, um, and I'll get into later about my thoughts on LeBron and everything, right, which we'll get into it in a little bit actually, but, you know, like him, even just being like really devastated by it, it just seemed like he was legitly legitimately devastated, as were so many NBA players that were close to him. But like to have to fucking feel the pressure to come up with a fucking, you know, a a statement or something. It's just crazy. I can't imagine. And Vanessa finally made a statement. But listen, my entire city has poured out the most insane amount of love the world has ever seen. Okay. This is deeper than a celebrity shit. This is is the most famous athlete to be killed or, you know, to die in 47 years of me living. Okay. No hate. You know, hate to rate, rate folks. But this is bigger than fucking even Muhammad Ali not. And this is just no disrespect to, to the Ali legacy either. You know, it was just, he was a god. And I'm not here to argue, but I'm here to tell you straight up, the way that the world moves today with social media is so different. And the impact that Kobe had on our world was just crazy. It was totally fucking different than different eras and everything else. And just, you know, just he was so impactful. He hit different eras. He hit different generations. He hit every single fucking culture imaginable. If I think about, just off the top of my head, and I'm not Filipino, but Philippine people in general, there's no basketball player in the history of sports that they fuck with more than Kobe, you know? And now with the grain of salt, I'm seeing people pay their respects all over LA, and I know I should focus on only being positive, but like I said, here comes a grain of salt. I got to call it, as I see it, you know, I've seen some murals go up, Uh, most of them have been awesome, you know, especially that playground in the Philippines, the thing is just fucking crazy, you know, some of these people are just really fucking doing amazing things, and they're doing it because they're huge fucking fans as well, but you know what, man, some of these people also don't have the fucking most genuine uh, um, intentions. Some of these people don't have the most genuine intentions. All right? And they're using it to further their careers. And that's just fucking low-key sickening. It's actually high-key sickening. Fuck that. It's one thing that you're showing off your talent that you can draw and paint because you have that talent. And you also love Kobe so much. You're a huge fan. Maybe you did it for a person who was an enormous fan at least. And people are like, oh, who's not a fan? I'm, but I'm, I mean, but for real you know like at least like you know it's it's a whole other thing if you just barely you know you knew he existed you know he was a great player but you didn't really know much about his career and you didn't know actually you know what he was you know to the basketball community like like for real I mean like, like to really just at least know no you know and, and some of these I, I just because I know because I've done my little research and things and stuff and kind of just like you know like I just and that's just by chance but i seen a business put a mural up in front of their car shop on a popular street and you know um, I, I saw it I saw it yesterday or the day before yesterday and then I right when I went up and then I seen it and it's on the news and whatever and I seen the dude and it was just like that painted it and he was saying his thing and I was just like All right, I don't know dog you know what and then I passed by it yesterday and I see them going super heavy on the advertising which you know, like oh take advantage but like don't take advantage of someone's death for your own good when you weren't like that deep into you never motherfucking watched you know more than fucking 40 games in your life, and 40 is not a lot. I'm gonna be real with you. That's really that ain't shit. Kobe's career. Kobe played fucking what 20 years. So you watch two years a game. I mean, uh, two games a year. You know, it's like this business that uh, there's a car shop that did this uh, this huge mural with with uh, him and uh, Gianna in front, and it's like they started putting a bunch of exotic cars because I guess that's what they do. I don't know. You know, but it's a bunch of exotic cars in front of their place and just the way they set it up, and it's like, yo, man, that wasn't the case a month ago, a week ago. Your place looked like a shitbox. You weren't putting the the exotic cars out there like that. I don't know. It just fucking sucks, man. That's that's just how I feel, and that's what I'm going to say. Now, another thing, too, is I'm seeing a lot of ads on Instagram on my timeline of people selling Kobe shirts and Kobe patches and Kobe hats and things, and it's like, yo, man, I could already tell. These motherfuckers are giving up no money to the proceeds of of his family, or to, but most importantly, to the Mamba Foundation, or the GoFundMe pages, to the people who actually lost their lives, that weren't famous or anything else, and I'm sure they can't, but just the other families, like, it's crazy, I'm seeing these t-shirts, and it's like, bro, if you're not giving at least 50%, at the very least, 50% of the proceeds, to the Mamba Foundation, or at least something related to that, then you're a fucking piece of shit, straight up, and the fucking, Insane increase in resale value of his kicks in the last few days is just fucking, it gives me a stomachache, you know. But really, it happened in the first 24 hours of his death, you know, it got fucking bad. All right. And it's just really fucked up. It's just a scumbag shit, fucking greedy behavior. And, you know, I got to commend Riff LA, Riff Los Angeles, you know, one of the fucking, the best fucking sneaker fucking consignment shop. supreme vape consignment shop in the world they got the best everyone else is just copying they did it right they've been around forever i'm so glad i'm involved with this, this place and i'm saying because i'm involved because if they're doing some bullshit i would call them out people don't realize that i call my mom out i don't give a fuck who it is i call everyone out people should call me out too if they feel it and when i come back and shit on you because you're wrong okay don't feel it. that's why I don't, I don't i don't go there unless i'm like you know i don't go for the slap i go for the kill but Riff LA took down all their Kobe inventory, and they had a shitload. They took all their Kobe shoes, and again, they had a lot of fucking Kobe shoes, okay? Jeff, the owner of Riff, was a fucking huge Kobe fan, and he did that because, you know, they want to do the honorable thing, you know? Like, the people are just getting out there trying to resell shit, fuck up, you know, the whole game and do all this, and I was like, no, I can't I handle can't parts of this, man. This ain't it, you know? So they're gonna build a really dope Kobe display, you know, like a showcase of, of Kobe and, and um I'm gonna put some shit in there. Um you know, I had some fucking I have some Kobe undefeated um ones that uh they're patent leather, they're purple. There was a hundred pairs made. You know, I think they're worth like maybe like almost 10 grand or something. Now they're going 50, you know, and I ain't gonna sell them for the fuck out, you know. I don't need the money, man. Um, but yeah, listen, Riff's going to put back their shoes when the time is right, you know, until further noticed. But right now, it's just them clout clock hours right now, all right? And listen, I've been rocking Kobe's. Motherfuckers who've been following me, Instagram I've been around since 2011, okay? I've been rocking Kobe's since then, since 2012. My favorite Kobe's are the 8's, okay? The Kobe 8's, the Easter's, Christmas joints, um, the What the Kobe's 8's were my favorite, they're all over my social media. You see pictures of me rocking the fucking, you know, the Kobe 8s and whatever and just, um, the, the, back in 2012, 2013, but the Grinches were my favorite Kobe of all time. That's just, in fact, one of my favorite shoes ever. And now the prices of all those shoes I just mentioned are up 700 to a thousand percent marked up. (sighs) Um, you know, fuck it. Do you, I guess. You know, it's just, it's crazy. Uh, on the other end, Trill Establishment, and uh, those are the guys that made the what the NBA shorts, I rocked the Complex Con. I can't tell you how many motherfucking people have asked me about them shorts. The fuck, fuck, shorts was fresh as fuck. Um, They made some Laker shorts, and the timing sounds crazy, right? But if you know to make quality shit, it just doesn't, you can't just, you know how fucking fast your fashion is, you can't do it like that. Especially some of these people don't have the resources that Fashion Nova has or whatever. But anyways, I talked about this with Trill Establishment months ago at least three or four months ago we talked about, I was like, yo, what's up with Laker shorts? Why don't you guys do this? You do, but they're from the Bay and I got it. But I just looked at my DMs and the timestamps and when you look at the timestamp of the, well, I don't know if I'm going to release the text, but you know, we talked about this months ago and what's fucking crazy is last Friday night, the owner of Trill Establishment hit me up and he goes, yo, I finally got these Laker shorts. They're dope as fuck. I'm going to send them tomorrow. Um, he sent me them out on Saturday. I got them on my birthday on Monday. But he's like, listen, it's only right that you, you know, you're a big Laker fan. You know, you wanted these, and, and obviously we, we want to sell them. Um, it's only right that you name them. So on Saturday night, I'm like, yo, man, let's call these motherfuckers the Nick Van Exel Swingman Shorts because I love Nick Van Exel and he's Lakered. And And um, I said Nick Van Exel because I don't want to make it so obvious by naming everything Kobe because you know everything is Kobe. But then, fucking, you know, not even 12 hours later. Kobe passes away and this was like the, the, our deals were like at midnight like 1am and shit and Kobe passes away you know nine hours later it's like what the fuck so I should have just changed everything okay there's no like there's no possible way you can name this anything but Kobe you know the Kobe shorts the black mamba shorts whatever and there ain't anyways there's no clout chase involved with these guys you know they really had this plan we can you know release whatever but it's just these guys are dope man they make some really great shorts I'm wearing them right now um There's some dope dudes out of the Bay Area. Uh, I'm sure, you know, the obviously huge Golden State Warrior fans which is cool with me. I don't give a fuck. But make sure you check them out. Uh, The shorts are on my story. (sighs) Man. Kobe has affected so many of us and mostly those who never even got to meet him. You know? But to me, you know, (sighs) the Me Too movement basically had to get their little two, little chime. Yeah, they had to get their little jabs in. You know, and once the mo- the Me Too movement caught wind of, you know, the the GOAT passing, it's like this stupid ass bitch, Rachel Evan Woods, had to tweet some negative shit. And you know what? People are like, oh well, what's up with the name calling and everything else? Like, no, bitch, this I'm gonna tell you why. There's the name calling. All right. It's not bullying, bitch. It's what it is. It's truth. Okay. She tweets, oh, it's tragic, the death of Kobe, but let's not forget that he was a rapist. Bitch, what? And then she said, along, she goes, oh, well, along with his great legacy, that can also coexist simultaneously with his rape convictions or whatever. Okay. Bitch. Hold on, bitch. Check me out. Hold up. Yeah. If he did rape her, yeah. Okay but he didn't, and more importantly, he wasn't convicted, and more importantly, fuck you stupid ass bitch, you got a picture of you and Woody Allen, who fucking molested his stepdaughter, okay, or his adopted, where the fuck it was, she had to oh, well, I didn't even know about Woody, or No, I would never work with Woody, bitch, shut the fuck up, okay, now listen, the girl who accused Kobe in Colorado, you know, 15, 16 years ago, fuck that bitch, right? The slut, the druggie. You can call me a bully again for the name calling, but I'm calling a spade a spade. She had previous and current drug problems when this case was going on. She had her drinking issues. Her best friend, her best friend of her entire life threw her under the bus and basically broke down all that shit that she had had, all the crazy shit that her intentions, everything. And more importantly, this bitch had three different men's semen in her okay she had a man's different man's semen prior to kobe she had it after because it was like during mixed and then it's like hold on you bitch you had it after she talking about well no um i didn't have sex uh i didn't have clean underwear so i switched underwear with another girl bitch what the fuck are you really you switch underwear with another bitch who had some semen in her underwear like get the fuck out of here you wouldn't even go on the stand. Which, listen. The state was ready to battle it regardless. They wouldn't need you to go on the stand. There's a lot of big cases where the victim doesn't go on the stand and testify. But you know what? The state didn't want to fucking continue because you know what? They didn't have enough evidence. They didn't have a case. They couldn't do shit with or without your help. They were ready to go, but then they couldn't because they didn't have shit. So Evan Rachel Wood, why bring up that bruise? You know? more importantly yes you know if you're going to mention you know a, a legend you know and, and like if they have some bad shit in their history sure man bring it out you know even though he's done so much fucking good for the world but do it and get the fucking facts straight you know what i'm saying like if she said he was a cheater okay you know what Corey, don't forget coy bryant's a cheater you know he cheated on his wife and had sex with a girl listen man it's still would have been shitty if he said, oh, he's a cheater. Like, bitch, you said all that? You said he's a rapist two hours after he died? Like, what, what kind of timing do you have, you know? But again, if you were to say, oh, well, let's just say the death of Kobe Bryant was so tragic, but let's not forget he cheated on his wife. Okay, bitch, you know what? You're corny as fuck. And let me tell you something. That tweet would have hit way different. It would have been a whole different thing, and people wouldn't have been at your throat like this, and the other fucking people are like, "You shouldn't silence, real you know, people girl, who, women who are a victim of rapes." No, bitch. Okay, but this ain't this ain't about that, because he didn't fucking rape nobody, All right. That's like calling someone a murderer who actually only slapped the shit out of someone. Do you know how fucking far different it is from being a murderer and slapping? I mean, fuck, f- slap the fuck out of someone. You know what I mean? To where everyone got hurt. Your hand hurt. They hurt. The, it just you felt crazy. You, you know, just you you slapped the soul out of somebody. That ain't murdering somebody. Okay. You rape somebody and fucking and assault them and shit and everything else. And but really what, what happened was it was consensual and you, you know, you look at the fucking court records, look and view the attorneys and everything. And, and you know, cheating, it's a it's so fucking different. And it, you know, she wasn't even the only one. Evan Rachel Wood. There was reporters and shit that went out there and it just some comedian tried to say some shit. It's not funny. It's fucked up. You know, it's, it's, and you know, like, listen, I'm, I'm all for defending anyone who's been raped or anything, but just, y'all just the timing, man, on this fucking death, man, fuck. But on some positive shit, um, I just felt so shitty over the last few days. I couldn't, you know, obviously I, I could pinpoint it. I was just really confused, obviously relating to just losing, you know, someone who, you know, was just. Man, because of Kobe, I even apologized to Kendrick Perkins, all right? And to all those who know my history with Kendrick, me and Kendrick Perkins have been going back and forth for seven years, okay? Maybe even eight years. We've been talking shit to each other in person, on social media, at actual games. There was a time where me and him went and jaw jacked. All fucking game in an OKC Lakers game. We went fucking off, and then I was like, "Motherfucker, well, let's go. Let's. Go. I don't give a fuck. Have you fucking met? motherfucker? Do you know where you are? You in, you in L.A., bro? We're in Staples Center. I'm fucking. There's always gonna be like fucking fifty crips in this motherfucking place. I grew up with. I said motherfucker, we would jump your big ass, and and um, you know, I've had this this these confrontations with him. But he wrote this tweet apologizing to Katie. He said, yo, KD, my big bro, my bro, man, I don't know what I said, but please, man, accept my apology. I'm sorry. And it was just really unexpected. I was like, I was kind of taken back by it. And I saw it on my timeline. So I replied to him. I was like, hey, bro, this is some real stand-up shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me tell you something real quick, bro. All that shit I ever said for you, to you about you, everything, I, I retract all that shit. I delete it, man. Listen, you a stand-up dude. And then he replied back, "Yo, man, it's all love, bro. No love lost." And then I replied back, "I was like, nah, dog. You listen, it was you know I'm being childish. is on me, you know, whatever." And that whole beef was squashed right then and there. It's crazy, you know. Uh, after some minutes later, like thirty minutes later, I said, uh, "I said a tweet something like, you know, it's my birthday. You know, I'm nearly fifty years old, and I just don't want to have negative energy out there anymore. So, like, to be truthful, I don't even remember." The exact reason I hated LeBron so much, and you all know I'm the biggest LeBron hater in the world. So, you know, and listen, I, I hated LeBron for a long time, and I have my specific reasoning. But um, and I had a few reasons I just can't remember, and you know that did, it and that's the most important part. Like it's like you know it's it's not significant anymore, and and Kobe and everyone else is kind of like boom. It's like it's just fucking stupid. So I publicly just put it out there. Like listen. I'm not going to slander LBJ anymore ever. You know, you know, I've, I've you know, I've accepted, you know, he's, he's a fucking Laker and I bleed purple and gold and and you know, it's fucking it's crazy. You know, I said that shit, you know, Kobe's like already helped help me, you know what I'm saying, bring out the positive behavior I didn't even know existed inside of me. But like I said on some other tweets or like I was telling people I was like, "Oh man, I really love this person. This person's dope, boom, whatever." Just a lot of positive shit. It was all real. And four different dudes texting me, friends of mine. They're like, yo, bro, were you hacked? Was your Twitter account hacked? I'm like, go fuck yourselves, man. You know, um, the talks of Kobe Funeral are looking like it's going to be at the LA Memorial Coliseum. And um, obviously the Coliseum could hold 100,000 people there. Whereas Staples can only hold about 30,000, which is already ridiculous. You know, they did Nipsey's thing there, which was fucking amazing. But now a majority of me is like, fuck, you know. I need to go and rep for my dog one last time. But damn, you know, that social anxiety. Not the social anxiety, just the anxiety. And then the fucking, not that, you know, my, my colitis is, is acting. Everything is, is cool. Um, depend on that day. I don't know, you know. Hopefully I don't drink any coffee. I don't know. I'm just, I just get that nervous energy. It's 100,000 people inside there. There's going to easily be a quarter million people outside. It's just going to be overwhelming like a motherfucker. Traffic's going to be worse than anything anyone's ever fucking seen in the world. So we'll see um but until then Kobe God bless you bro I miss you thank you just for inspiring me thank you for being just such great to just being a great thing for the world more than just a person more than just just everything being a god uh god bless Gigi Gianna god bless Vanessa Bryant um and her three daughters that are living it's just, fuck man My prayers and condolences go out to all the families who lost someone on that helicopter and to all the kids who are now, um, well, not all, but there's there's two kids now who are now orphans because they lost both their parents in that crash. Um, Let's take a 24-second moment of silence for Kobe Bryant and all the victims of that crash. What up guys? So Quip, makers of the Quip electric toothbrush wants you to know the one single discovery that matters most for your dental care is simply this. If you have good habits, you are good. That means brushing for two minutes, twice a day and flossing regularly, no matter what brand you use. Quip makes that simple. Starting with an electric toothbrush refillable floss, and anti-cavity toothpaste. Quip's electric brush has sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in timer and a 30-second pulse to guide a full and even clean. The Quip floss dispenser comes with a pre-marked string to help you use just enough. Plus, Quip delivers fresh brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills to your door every three months with free shipping. So your routine is always right. Join over 3 million healthy mouths and get Quip today starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash baller right now, you'll get your first refill for free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash baller spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash baller. Quip, the good habits company. So now we're going to continue on with this She-E-O series. And I got a girl, a lady on today's episode who is just awesome. Her name is Jen Meyer. And uh, coming from such a powerful family and being a a real Angelino, born and raised in L.A., um, and her family's powerful globally. You know, dad is fucking big dog. Uh, she's truly one of the most humble people I know. She never ever flosses like her bags or fucking watch. Like she's, I mean, she sells jewelry, but not like crazy, like 40, 50 or 100,000. She doesn't sell jewelry like me. It's just, just. It, but it's it's real jewelry. It's not costume. She doesn't floss her clothes, her home. And believe me, she got it. She just, you know, she was raised right, Um. She has a successful women's jewelry brand. And uh I'm so hyped to talk about her business and how she got started. And sometimes it just, you know, it just runs in the blood, you know, success and everything. And um this again is is perfect because I want to gain more female listeners. You know, I'm on that girl dad movement. So, Miles, man, if we can get a little lakey intro for my girl Jen Meyer. Welcome to Behind the Baller. We have a very special guest on today's show. She is definitely a she. E. O. Please <laughs> give it up to, <laughs> give it up for Jennifer Meyer.
1: Aw, oh, thank you.
0: Is it just Jen Meyer or are you, Jennifer Meyer? Is it?
1: You can choose.
0: Okay, but but like I know you as Jen, right? <laughs> yes, you do. So, so Jen, listen, um, just straight up, jump right into it. Um right. Tell the people where you are from.
1: Los Angeles, California.
0: You were born and raised here?
1: Born and raised. Born at Cedar Sinai Hospital.
0: Oh shit, you're born at Cedar Sinai. I sure am. Born and raised. Yep. Um where did you go where'd you go to high school?
1: I went to Crossroads, graduated from Crossroads.
0: Oh okay. yeah. did you go there from kindergarten I mean from the whole the whole time or?
1: no? I did kindergarten. Um I did I did elementary at Carl Thorpe. I did junior high at Brentwood. Okay. Brentwood Kindly asked me to leave. <laughs> um, and I did high school 9th through 12th at Crossroads.
0: That is crazy. That's, that's, um, I've been everywhere. Yeah. You know what? Uh, just totally random. You went to Crossroads High School. Yeah. My blood cousin Stephanie, she went to Crossroads and she went there like from like fourth grade or fifth grade. And then she went there. And I remember um super random memory. Okay. Um, She was graduating. It was eighth grade graduation. Got it. And I go to Crossroads. And I remember I go with my aunt. And this is my cousin. Half my family is Jewish. It's so super random, right? So she's she's uh, half. She's half Polish Jew. And she's Korean. But because, you know, the father made the mom convert and the mom boom. So so basically, you know, that's very weird to have Korean like bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs and stuff. Her sisters went to Stephen S. Wise and then she went to Buckley. And then my other cousins went to Buckley. It was just random. This is like... Listen, okay. We didn't grow up in that kind of household. Like I was in the hood, you know what I'm saying? Like they went to. So I'm there, and I don't say I get starstruck, but you know when you see someone like you know I I'm 47, so you know I I had a different era of growing up, and I see Goldie Hawn pull up in a Ferrari like right into a spot, and she walks in. I was like, what the fuck is Goldie Hawn doing here? And she's like, oh, uh, her daughter's graduating with me, and um, I was like, oh shit, that's the girl from Wildcats, you know, because. Goldie was like, you know. Best movie ever, by the way. For those of you who don't know, because I have so many young fans, Goldie Hawn was an enormous actress in the 80s. Um, it's pretty crazy. Is I it, mean,
1: if people who are listening to this don't know Goldie Hawn, they better yeah. go do some research because it doesn't get doper than Goldie Hawn. Nah, she's I mean, fucking let's be hilarious. honest.
0: Dude, Wildcats is so crazy. So you went to Crossroads and so you grew up with, I mean, you, oh, you did, right? With Kate or no?
1: Kate and I went to Carl Thorpe to elementary school together. Oh, shit. And Ollie.
0: Okay. Oh, Ollie. Fuck, I haven't seen Ollie in so long. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so Kate, fucking crazy. Kate and
1: Ollie are my oldest friends in the world.
0: Well, LA is such a small place. Yes. And um, even though uh, Kate went to school with Stephanie, my cousin, I don't know if they were even cool or, I mean, I'm sure a small class. I met Kate through randomly through Josh Richmond, which was really weird. <laughs> and we're at Cafe Med, which I miss so much.
1: Oh, the best.
0: Oh, my God. So I'm at Cafe Med, Sunset Plaza. And my best friend who I was actually, we were living together at the time, not anything like that, but uh, China Chow. China Chow was shooting a Tommy Hilfiger campaign with Aaliyah and Kate was in it as well. campaign. Yeah, oh, so you remember that, yeah. Of course. Yeah, so like 97-ish, 96-ish, and she shot it, boom. And then I was like, she's like, oh, it's Kate. And then I think Kate started kind of acting then, boom, and I didn't really know much or anything. But wow, what a sweet girl. Like, what are the nicest person in the world? And then she ended up being like, enormous A-list actress on her own, yeah. Is crazy. Amazing. So you're born and raised in L.A. Born and raised. The last forty eight hours has been a fucking dark cloud, a nightmare. Like I want to wake up from it and like realize that it was just a bad dream, but it's it's actually reality. um We lost the greatest basketball player of not just our era. I really truly feel like he was the greatest basketball player of our time. Right? You're a Laker fan. Come on.
1: Born and raised in <laughs> L.A. Of course. Yeah.
0: What was going through your mind the minute you heard the news about him?
1: Listen, I think I think when you hear news like that, um, it hits close to home for everybody. You think this isn't true. This is a bad rumor. How many awful rumors have you heard about people that aren't true and things like that? Um, and then you realize something like that is true. And, you know... Uh, it's it's devastating. I mean, there there are no words to put to it. You know, there, it's absolutely heartbreaking for um, Vanessa and those beautiful children of hers and the families involved. And I think that it is, I think all of LA and I think the world was just heartbroken and is heartbroken. I, th- I mean, I think it's unimaginable.
0: Okay, shock value though. Do you remember when and it's so random? um, I'm not going to give anybody a fucking geographical area where we are right now, but uh like I made joy for Michael Jackson, right?, mm-hmm. the most random shit ever we met down the street from here at this cafe, wow, over by that gas station. if you kind of like know what I'm talking about, there's like a weird random cafe I mean, we
1: are in Los Angeles, yeah
0: <laughs> but why the fuck would Michael Jackson want to meet it? anyways, going on when he passed away, yeah. I was shocked. I grew up with music and everything else, and there was still social media, there's MySpace, whatever, and there was Twitter. Actually, tell me this wasn't maybe the craziest thing you ever heard. Like, in your, I mean, was, did, didn't it just shock you? Like, put you, like, stop you in your place and be like, wait a second, let me think about this for a minute.
1: Of course. I mean, listen. There, there is. I, I don't even know how to put it into words, and I almost don't even feel comfortable putting into words. I just know that. You know, there's there's young children involved, and that is just where you, you know, are shattered for the families that have to endure such a nightmare. And I think that, you know, putting that aside, I think Kobe Bryant it just seems invincible. He was yeah. just, you know, a bright light for people and especially in this city and growing up. I mean, you know, we were talking about it for a second, but I remember I was sitting on the floor when Kobe hit his 81-point game.
0: I'm so jealous.
1: And I will never forget that feeling of feeling like, oh, I'm I'm in the presence of a basketball god. Right. And you, we were all just on our feet, screaming, yelling. It was like the whole, you know, place was just like electrifying. Yeah.
0: Um, the energy in there after the about halftime the first half was no one knew what was going to happen right of course the second half the energy inside staples i remember seeing the concession person by the way you guys remember i did emergency podcast uh, a couple days ago um on my birthday unfortunately and i talked about how that first and last time i've ever sat in the nosebleeds because of these kids and i bought 11 tickets no one really knew that it was going to be what it was and then Me sitting up there is kind of funny. But the concession, we were so high up that the concession guy wouldn't come to us. We had to get the caramel popcorn from someone like a little (laughs) bit one section below. But even that person was paying attention. Those guys don't pay attention to the games. They're there to sell water, sell whatever. They were into it because it was like your witness. So I'm so jealous, fuck you, that you're on thank floor. you. <laughs> but the energy was crazy, right? Like everyone was going nuts.
1: Listen, it was the best game I've ever been to in my life. I will oh, tell yeah, you that. Yeah. It was it was pretty incredible. But um, yeah, it's a heartbreaking time for,
0: you know. It's I mean, just a heartbreaking time. You remember LA Showtime, Magic. Of course. That era, you know, the forum. You remember going to the games at the forum? And- yep. Um, you know that that energy was um, you couldn't replace it. And then they did during that 2000, 2001, 2002 you know to the, the three Peat era was just it was insane, right? Um you being a mom, like, listen, when I heard he died, I was like, okay, shit, boom. And then you know, there's so many mutual friends and, and me, me without being invasive or being rude, you know, I'm trying to figure out like I want to know what's going on right. And I'm like, okay, boom, I have people who live in Newport Beach in Newport Coast in that community boom. They're like, hey you know, we saw Kobe. Um, with kids get into the a car, that car is obviously going straight to the heliport lot to go to Thousand Oaks, you know, and people don't realize how, when you're in a helicopter, you can literally fly over shit so quick. They were literally five minutes away from Mamba facility, you know, it's like, during are Calabasas, it's, you know. So when I heard that Gigi, that, you know, Jonah had died, it went from bad to worse, right? And I immediately stopped thinking about Kobe, I stopped thinking about the daughter, and I thought about, damn, Could you imagine if, God forbid, I'm just saying, even my wife said the same thing and it's crazy how many goosebumps I have, but imagine like you get the news that your husband dies or your your, whatever and, and your child like, what the fuck? Like, Listen, all I can
1: say is as a mother, my heart breaks and goes out to all those families and everybody who is involved because it's not even something as a mother or a father you want to put into words about the unimaginable. Right. And you just have to pray for those families. You have to pray for their healing, and you have to pray for the sisters and the brothers who lost their siblings. For I mean, there's just there, there, I, I I don't even know how to speak about it because I I don't it's yeah. it's so far out of my understanding of emotion. Thank God, and I just right. pray for them. I and and it's it's the unimaginable, and it's devastating, and it's. Um, you know, listen, I'm a daddy's girl. I right. yeah. I live for my dad. He is my best friend, and I would follow him in anywhere. My dad says, "Do this, great, jump how high <laughs> like you know, there's just you know, you just uh, so anyway, I, I um it's the unimaginable and again, my heart goes out to them in the deepest, deepest, deepest way. and as time goes on, these families will need more support and more help and these other families, you know, I was on a GoFundMe page just last night. It's like two children are orphaned. There, there are no words.
0: Wait a second. I'm sorry. Hold on. I'm now I'm lost. Wait a second. There were two, there are two mother, there's a mom and dad on the plane.
1: So listen, this is, this is a whole other world of stuff of just everything that, you know, yes there was a mom and dad and a daughter on the on this on the uh, yeah and they i have thought there two was I, thought the,
0: I didn't know that there was actual a couple i thought there was like a mom there was a dad there was a mom there's i didn't know there were actually two parents that were t- married oh my fucking god anyway
1: you know what listen tragedies are tragedies and you just your heart breaks for families that have to suffer and um i think that uh it's heartbreaking and for the mothers and for the parents. And so there, there are no words. I can say that, um, the little, I know Vanessa, she has been the loveliest human ever to me. And, um, you know, I pray for their family every single second. And, um, I can say on the flip side, um, because obviously this is a tragedy beyond tragedies, um, you know, Kobe Bryant just brought so much joy to the city of Los Angeles. Yeah. And he really, you know, made people smile and look at the incredible things he did for children and for this this city. I mean, he, he's amazing, so. And
0: his work was continuing with the camps.
1: Absolutely. Like he was
0: about to fucking open more camps and like doing all this work for kids. And you you
1: see like people's reaction, like it's amazing to to have that impact on people and bring that joy out in people. And I think that that legacy will live on forever. You know, it really will. And I think that the Lakers are an amazing organization and they will honor him in the most beautiful way possible.
0: All right, let's get into your boss lady status.
1: All right, thank you.
0: What does your day look like? Like honestly, like on a regular basis though, what does your day look like? Like when does it start? When does it end?
1: Um, Well, I would say it starts about 6.45 in the morning. (laughs) Um, Well, I have two kids. No, I I hear you. you I'm I'm right there with you. Right. You know, they got to get up. They got to get ready. And so it starts about 6.45 where we are getting everything together. We're getting, you know, do you have your homework? Getting lunches together. Making sure everybody's eating breakfast. You know, I'm sure at some point it's get off your iPad and eat your breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my
0: God. It's literally identical. Like, uh, it's a mirror story. Like oh, we, yeah. I say the same I shit. I mean, I
1: don't let my kids have any social media or anything like that right now. But, um, you know, they're, my son is almost 11 and my daughter's 13. But they've started to do this thing called TikTok. Oh, my God.
0: I don't really know TikTok. Okay, so well, like, we're not
1: going to get into it. But yeah. TikTok is all they care about. So it's a lot of that. It's out of the house by 8 a.m., Two school drop-offs, but I do one and then the other. So oh, it's on fuck. the way. That sucks. It, it It's a lot, but you know what? It, it's actually, I find in the morning, you know, I let them listen to whatever music they want and we get great conversation in. I learn everything about like, you know, the day before or, It's such a nice time for me and the kids. I mean, it really is. Why don't you
0: have them at the same school, just out of curiosity?
1: They are at the same school, except for my son is at the elementary campus and my daughter's at the high school campus. I understand. So they'll be at the same campus next year, so it'll make my life easier. Um, So I take them both to school. My son sometimes still likes me to walk him in. So um, I get them both in. Uh, after that, if I'm lucky, I get a workout in, which is really not that often anymore, <laughs> even though I need to focus on that. It's Same. 2020. Same. Good to take care of yourself so you're good for everybody else. Right. Um, Come home, jump in a shower. Sometimes I get a bunch of emails done here or my phone calls or I go straight into the office, usually have a lunch meeting. I don't know, you know, the day right. is work. The day is all work and then, right. I try and get home by 4.30 or 5. Same. So I can be home when the kids get home, do homework with them, have early dinner with them, hear about their day, do the thing with them, blah, 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 get them ready for, you know, not that they're at an age where I need to literally get them ready for bedtime, but just sort of be around while they're doing everything. Um,
0: Excuse my ignorance. I'm I'm sorry, because my oldest son is almost eight, right? Yeah. And he's just starting to kind of like your kids can can shower by themselves right yes it it
1: all changes you don't think they're ever going to do anything jesus christ man it's and now they like do all these things themselves it's actually crazy it's amazing
0: do they ever in the morning are there ever mornings where they're like i don't want to go to school today do they ever say that to you Uh,
1: of course. Oh, okay. What do you I mean? Thought,
0: I thought, I, I don't know. I thought, you, oh, you know. Oh, no,
1: no, no. You know, when they were younger, it was a lot harder, but now it's like, I don't want to go to school. I'm like, well, it's really just not an option. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly, like, get yeah. dressed, let's go. Um, And, you know, so I try and get home. So I have that time with them and there's still, listen, work doesn't end for me at that hour. No, you know, no there's shit. still emails and calls yeah. and all kinds of things happening, you know? Okay. Um. And then... You know, probably half the week I stay home with them at night, and then half the week I'm an adult and like to go out and have fun.
0: Good for you. Yeah.
1: What balance, time balance. roughly,
0: what time would you say roughly their, their bedtime is?
1: Oh, God, this is a constant fight with them at this point. Um, I think they're, they're, you know, we're about nine o'clock at oh, this that's point. Oh, pretty good. Okay. Yeah.
0: My kids are at like 8.30. Yeah. yeah. It might extend. Well, on the weekends, they can kind of stay up to like 9.30, 10, but-
1: Totally. And my daughter has sleepovers and my son tries to get in on the sleepovers and the weekends are a little bit of a more of a free for all.
0: My son is is addicted to a game called Roblox Uh and and this other game called Minecraft. And they play these games on their phone. And my son somehow figured out how to get face recognition on his phone. Oh my God. To his face. Oh God. So, you know, look at, okay, be honest. I have an accountant, you have an accountant, whatever. And I have a, a wealth advisor, whatever. You're not looking at Like the grocery things and whatever. I mean, I'm just being honest, right? You don't look at the shit. And then I got the Apple card. And the new Apple card is connected to your phone and looking at it. And I was like, wait a second, what the fuck? Like $238. Like um, what did did I buy from the Apple? Like, you know, Apple. Of course. And I look and he bought all these. You could buy Robux. It's like dollars for the video game. And I'm like, I didn't know what to do. You know, like my my dad would have killed me if I spent 20 bucks. It's like, you know, he spent, you know. And it's just crazy. Like these kids are so hip. And they're like, so fucking,
1: well, my daughter didn't get a phone till last year, till she was 12. And she was the last one. And she was like, mom, this, this is like, come on. So I gave her like my old, old, old phone, you know, like I refuse to go buy them brand new phones. I refuse to give them Instagram. I refuse to do any of this stuff. Um, so I'm pushing that off as long as humanly possible. Um for Christmas, her old phone broke. I mean, really my oldest phone ever it finally <laughs> broke. And she, and it's actually made my life a lot easier her having a phone because I can text her if she's on a play date or she's at school and right. I, whatever, it's actually really helpful. Um, but her phone broke. And so for Christmas, she wanted, that's all she asked for. She's just like, I need sweatpants and a new phone because my phone doesn't work. So I bought her sweatpants. And then So my other old phone. So I wrapped my other (laughs) old phone for her and put it under the Christmas tree. And she was like, did you wrap your old phone for me? I was like, that phone cost me like $700, $800. You're not getting a brand new phone. So if you don't want that phone for Christmas, guess what? You don't have to have it. She's like, oh, no, no, no. I'll take it.
0: Jen, I'm like blown away right now because I feel so bad. Like, my two and a half year old daughter has an iPhone 10 I feel terrible it's like and my other kids have you know the iPhone 10s and oh my god anyways
1: you can reel it in now you can reel it in
0: No for sure and what people don't realize too is when the kids go to sleep you got at that time Asia begins. Sometimes even at midnight, that I have Europe that begins. I'm saying with emails and other talks and everything else. I'm like, damn, I don't know if your business is international. I'm pretty sure because I remember some people from different countries have asked me, "Oh, you know that Jen Meyer? And They've even asked me about Anita or whatever it may be. Yeah. So it's like you guys don't get it, man. You, it, we don't come home at seven and be like, "All right, the day's done." That shit is not at all whatsoever. Sometimes the day just begins at that point, like because they might have an issue at school that day or whatever. But um,
1: I do find though that each day that. I like honestly. I mean, it might sound cliche, but each day that I take the time and I just prioritize the kids and I give them some undivided attention, then everything just seems to run a little smoother.
0: I agree. My wife is definitely on the on the tail end. Like yeah. she's the one that does the homework and stuff. And my sons have been giving my wife shit about it. Like, hey, how come Dad's was on a plane or certain things? So I canceled all my trips for this month. Nice. Good um, job. I'm taking them. Thank you. I'm taking them to New York City at the end of this month because they've been everywhere, but. I wanted to wait till Kaya, my youngest, could speak, like have uh-huh. a conversation. Yeah. Before she sees the Statue of Liberty, before oh, we go maybe. to serendipity, before we go to Central Park and take pictures, before she goes in. I wanted her to be able to do that. And that's a, you know, it's a so we're doing that. And I promised that I wouldn't get on a plane this month, so I canceled four trips this month. Oh morning. my god. Because I need it, because they're starting to understand it's fucking up. Um so when did you get into the joy business?
1: Um, about fourteen years ago, I would okay. say.
0: That's crazy shit. What made you want it what like what made you want to get into jewelry and design jewelry and everything?
1: Honestly, I had no idea what I was doing. I know you didn't either. Like yeah. didn't come from, you know, yeah. didn't go to design school, didn't, right. you know, had no business background. And I just decided I always wanted to make jewelry and I was kind of embarrassed about it because I didn't know what I was doing. And um my boyfriend at the time, Toby, was uh who you know yeah. well, was um Saying, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with your life? And because I was like, I, I feel like I want, I want to figure this out. I want to figure this so And and he said, what do you want to do? I said, I want, I want to design jewelry. But I, there's no way I could do that. I don't know how to do that. And he was like, do or do not. There is no try. What is that? That like Star Wars quote? <laughs> and I was like, oh great. You know. Um. Anyway, I just.
0: Yeah. What was your first step? Like.
1: I literally started going downtown or to Beverly Hills or to Culver City. And if it's a jeweler on a door, I knocked on the door and went in. I had no idea that there was like a cost of gold or like diamonds were this, or oh, wow. I, I didn't know anything. So I had an idea for a leaf and a couple people were like, no, that we're not going to make it. And then a couple people were like, we'll try. And one person would charge me, you know, I had saved a very certain amount of money and I figured, okay, right. what better to blow your money on than a dream, but very small amount. Cause mm-hmm. I had asked for help from my dad. It's like, I want to start ju- a jewelry company. He's like, good luck. I was like, well, could you maybe help me out a little? And he's like, hell no. He's like, that sounds insane. You have a great job at Ralph Lauren. I was like, uh, okay. Um, so I saved my own money and I just figured it out. One person would charge me $200 for a mold and the other person would charge mm. me $400. And I was like, huh. So I started doing the math and figuring it out. and. Right.
0: And then you also understand later on in life because um, I came across one of your old employees randomly through a uh, when I was expanding my my factory. You know, I remember literally I had one guy who was done. I mean, this is before when I was like outsourcing, and then I had one guy finally on full time who was a diamond setter. And then when we expanded to I have eleven diamond setters in my own personal factory now. One of the guys was like, "Oh, I did work for Gemmar," and I was like, "Oh shit, okay." So you know what, that's 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 good. His Mexican dude. Um, he um he showed me stuff, but. Isn't it funny how
1: you'll have to give me his name later and I'll yeah. let you know if he uh, yeah. how he <laughs> <It's funny>. did.
0: <laughs> you know, like when you when you when you look at like uh diamond setting. Yeah. Um the average price to like let's say Pave set, right? Could be anywhere from three to six bucks in LA, right? In New York City, it's anywhere from eight to eleven dollars. In London and Paris, it's anywhere from like fifteen to twenty. It's for one fucking stone. You know, imagine like yeah there could be I have thousands of stone. You could a little yeah. tiny piece could be whatever. Like when you started getting the hang of it. How the hell did you get into Barneys and all these big ass accounts?
1: Um, I really have to tell you like ignorance is bliss in a way. At the time that I did it, the internet was, there was no Instagram. The internet was like kind of there, you know? People weren't really selling online yet or doing things. So it was very small. So the good news was when I started, I really did it from everything like in my heart and my head. I didn't have inspiration you know what I mean, with with other jewelers. I think a lot of people now take a lot of quote-unquote inspiration from other people and- You
0: mean steal? <clears throat> well, yeah. you use
1: whatever word you
0: want, Go but on, yeah. I
1: think people take a lot of inspiration. And uh, so there's a lot of similarities. So when I did what I did at the time, nobody else was really doing what I was doing. Um, so that was great. I feel like I stood out. I didn't know I did. I just knew I was making something that I really wanted to make. Um, I literally got into Barney's because I wanted to be in Barney's and Barney's to me was the Mecca. That was it. Once you got into Barney's, (sighs) you made it. Rest in peace, Barney's. Like the saddest thing in the world. Devastating. So I literally said to everyone I knew, hey, do you know someone that works at Barney's? Hey, do you know someone that works at Barney's? People are like, what? No, no. I was like, okay. One day I asked the right person. (sighs) I said, Do you know anyone who works at Barney's? And she said, Oh, yeah, my friend Julie. She's actually coming to town this weekend. I said, Could you ask her if she'll ever look at my jewelry? I had like seven pieces. I mean, literally right. nothing. And she said, Yeah, I'll ask her. Okay. So she called me. She goes, Oh, my friend Julie will meet you Saturday at four o'clock at Fred's, which is the restaurant right. at Barney's. Okay, cool. I went to go meet her. I didn't know who this woman was. I put each piece in a Ziploc bag <laughs> because I thought, okay, the chains won't tangle. This is perfect.
0: Right, right.
1: I went and had a meeting with her. I was like, so what do you do at Barney's? I thought I was meeting with like the jewelry manager or something. Right. So her name's Julie Gilhart. She ran Barney's. I know who she is. Okay. <laughs> Thank God I didn't know. I would have had a panic attack. <laughs> and I showed her my jewelry. Right. She called me uh that night and said, oh, um, I'm staying at the Sunset Tower Hotel. I have a birthday party for Albert, who's the designer for Lanvin. I wanna give him one of your necklaces, the the wishbone. I was like, oh, okay. So I didn't have any packaging or anything. So I right. had like a little old Chinese pouch, you know, those little yeah, silk, yeah, yeah. like colorful. Right. I put, put it in there. I go to the front desk, she's standing there. I hand her an invoice. I mean, what's wrong with me? I, I, my, someone was like You handed her an invoice For a gift for thi-. No Okay Well oh, I was wow. like Well I don't have money yeah. To make more No I get it So I handed her an invoice I put it in a little Chinese pouch And then I got a call From Barney saying We really wanna Carry your jewelry We're gonna give it a shot And that was The beginning Of Barney's Literally
0: wow. Cause I remember Even going to to Madison You know Going to Central Park The, the flagship store yeah. And I remember walking in and, and like For those of you Who know You don't know there's so many places you can shop. There's certain things. It is impossible. It is virtually impossible for me to either go to the Madison uh, Central Park location or go to Beverly Hills and not buy something. There's always something fucking phenomenal. They had great, you know, they had a great buyer there. All the shit was curated so well. From even Men's Streetwear to to the Fine Ranch shit. My sister damn near lived there. She had so much. She had a great relationship with them. But going on, I walked into the New York location. I remember this is like not even that long ago but it was like when I was shooting my reality show maybe like 2012 or 13 and I was like oh shit Jennifer Meyer you know boom and I was like oh god damn boom and then going into even their smaller stores and seeing it, I was like oh wow and I know you're in other stuff but that was just really cool because that was like again that is the mecca that's the fucking that's like the that's it you know like
1: it was amazing for many 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 years it was amazing yeah it's really sad yeah
0: um if you weren't doing jewelry and you weren't in the joy business, what do you think you'd be doing today?
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> um, well, I went to school for child and family psychology, so I really like psychology. Um, Where'd you go to college? Syracuse.
0: Oh, you went to Syracuse? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit! Sure. I know you were orange, man. That's crazy. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I did go to Syracuse. Uh, I uh, th- That is a good question that I haven't thought. I mean, listen, you know, I'm really involved with Baby to Baby, the charity, which is absolutely amazing, and I it's such an incredible... Uh, I sit on the board, and it's such an incredible charity to be a part of. So I love, you know, charitable work. I can
0: you tell me, that's Kelly Sawyer's thing, yeah. or is it? Can you please like um, elaborate on that, please?
1: Listen, baby to baby, it's you know, I don't even want to give numbers because it's such an astonishing amount of of numbers. But women right now are choosing between feeding their children and buying new diapers. I mean that's as basic as it gets. So it, you can't even imagine it. So b- th- these women we've talked to are, are literally children are using their diapers and then they're cleaning out the diaper and then they're hanging them to dry and reusing the diaper. You know, I mean that's how bad it is. Jeez, it, women men, women, children, we baby to baby is providing basic essential needs for families, for underprivileged families. There are children who are going to school with their books and pencils in trash bags because they can't afford a backpack or a bag. I mean, last year we had a list of 75,000 children who all they wanted was a backpack. I mean, all they wanted was a backpack. So Baby to Baby is providing everything from Cribs for safety to sleep safely, to mattresses, to car seats, to baby wipes, to strollers, to you know, diapers. I mean, the amount of diapers that Huggies and Honest Company have donated through Baby to Baby. I mean, I think we were upwards of 30 million. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. So, Jesus. we've spoken to countless homeless women who were in shelters with their children and are saying, you know, baby to baby is the reason why they were able to, you know, move out and provide for their children. And that's amazing. It's amazing. If you ever want to come down to the facilities and your wife, we would love to have you guys. I mean, you
0: know me, I'm daddy gang all day long. So It's It's amazing. Um, backtrack a little bit. Yeah. Are there any crazy stories about I do know. Any about ki- what? About like the clients that you deal with. Is there, has there, has there <laughs> been a crazy story? You don't have to get named. I'm saying, has there been a crazy story about someone not paying you or like just dealing with like just just Hollywood, you know what I'm saying? Like, is there anything about clients you've had to do? Anything? If you don't, we'll go on to the next I, thing. I but,
1: have like- to say, I've been really, really lucky For the most part, I have had the most incredible clients. I mean, truly. I mean, knock wood. Can I find wood somewhere? (laughs) I mean, the most amazing clients. So I've been, I've been, yeah, I've had a few people where you're just like, you know what? I don't, I don't even care. Don't pay me. Go. Bye. I'll see you later.
0: You know, it's not worth the headache. It's not worth the headache. You know
1: what I mean? It really is not worth the headache, but it's very, um, very few and far between. So I'm pretty lucky that I've had a great uh, group
0: of of people. And, no, that's amazing. I forgot to mention, congrats again on your store. Thank you so much. On your so new store much. opening. It's been thank you. a year.
1: Uh, God, are we going on two years almost? Year and a half? Has it been that long? Yeah.
0: So, by the way, you guys. And
1: you too. Congratulations on oh, yours. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> Everyone here that is listening to my show, you already know how much I love the Crusoe Group. You know that uh, I literally want someone to buy me the Grove, like the entire property. I love the Americana even more. I haven't had time to check out the Palisades it's beautiful. Um, what's it called? The uh,
1: Palisades Village.
0: Palisades Village. Um, it is like a little village. So yeah, Jen Meyer has a store there. You could definitely check it out. But that—that's crazy. I, I definitely do want to check it out. Anytime. On a more personal thing. Well, not really personal. I don't know. You grew up Go in a Hollywood it. home, right? I mean, kind of. I mean, what was it like having such a powerful father?
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, I just had a great dad who was just so present and amazing and hardworking and just but was he
0: like a hard ass was he like you know was he because he's
1: <laughs> no he you know what my dad was like me i mean so chill he's so laid back so easy going just you know don't piss him off <laughs>
0: that's so funny yeah because i remember you know even when i was in the music business and i was an executive mm-hmm. i would hear the name even though it was totally separate but it was kind of like somewhat tied in because yeah. like you know like universal was obviously one of the majors and stuff yeah but i was reading up and just like just researching and stuff but I never knew, am, am I crazy? He was one of the founders of CAA? He was,
1: yeah. Just
0: fucking nuts. He did. And I remember like, um, this is sideways. Listen, you guys know I'm Sideways Ben. I, I sidetrack and I fucking sidebar all day long. When I went to Beverly Hills High School, um, I remember uh, the famous architect, I.M. Pei. Yep, he did he, the building. Yeah, he designed the building. And I was mm-hmm. like, holy shit, it's beautiful. Boom, at CAA, I was like, holy crap. Um so funny. Uh, I used to be represented by CAA. And I got lost in the shuffle. I wasn't big enough. And I was too small time for them. But that's crazy. Your dad also was a founder of that, and yep. just like it's crazy. Yeah, you know, with your dad being in that, um, did you ever have any dreams of becoming an actress? Like, it was ever?
1: You know what? My right? mom was a casting director, and my dad was obviously an agent. And I think when I was a little girl, I was like, I want to be an actress, and both of them were like, It's never, no way, <laughs> not here. Don't do it. Not a chance. So I think I got shot down pretty quick. Um, and no, it, I never. Pers- the, it, it was never an, no it wasn't an actual dream of mine
0: that's so funny um earlier you were saying your dad was like no nah, fuck that you have a good job you're not i'm not supporting you on this which is tough love or smart whatever it's crazy because i would think it'd be told opposite you know he'd be like no oh, fuck this here you go here's 10 million you know oh boom, whatever. my
1: god not even 10 cents i mean he didn't yeah. give me listen i will tell you this the way he he helped me was the fact that he did not give me money to to start my jewelry company was the best thing he ever could have done for me because right. when i started it it was like i knew the value of every single cent that i was spending right. i knew I, I didn't people are like so i'm starting a jewelry company how many people should i hire i'm like what i'm <laughs> like that was me alone fedexing yes. doing word documents on my for a living long time. room floor figuring it all out, like you hire people when you can afford to hire people when you're making money. I I don't know. That's just how I did it. So for me, um, the way he did that for me was actually so beneficial. Now, when I got my first, just to sidetrack and go backwards, when I did get my first Barney's order, I did not budget for that. So I called him and (laughs) said, I have a problem I don't know what to do. I got this amazing Barney's order. I think that it could be the start of like a really big turning point for my business. I need X
0: amount of dollars. But you got there then, you know what I mean? It's different. Totally,
1: but still then you're asking for a lot of money to make the jewelry and he lent me the money and then within six months I paid him back.
0: Did you resent him for not giving you the money at that first time? Never. Like, that's Never. amazing. You're fucking amazing. Never. I mean, being that you came from such a good home and and uh, and a good background, and you're, you're both your parents are successful in doing it, I, I don't know. Like you know, we've had enough conversations to where I know you well enough. We have a lot of mutual friends. How the fuck did you remain so humble? I'm just, I'm because I'm not. You know what I mean? Like I was <laughs> humble when I was broke as fuck, and I lived in Koreatown, and we were like in the hood. I just never. I just don't. Uh, get you it. are
1: humble. I don't want to hear it. You have a. You have a thing about you, but I've known you for twenty <laughs> plus years, and you've I'm just always home. been a great, nice guy and sweet. Don't, don't and kind. listen to her. Okay. She's lying. He's lying. Please. Um, I don't know. You know what? Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. Um, you know what? I I just think that both my parents always worked really hard, and my dad made it clear that whatever he had, he would always. I could live with him forever. He would always like help me like with that kind of stuff. But like what he had wasn't mine. So in order for me to partake in anything that he had, I had to also work hard.
0: Hold on, let me stop you. You just hit a fucking crazy thing. So I've been reading more about, you know, you could be friends with somebody and not know so much about business or certain things, especially someone who's like a powerful person like Kobe and certain shit, you know. And I read this interesting story about him. He got into it with his family right and i I have a very similar philosophy um my money is not like your money necessarily you know what i mean to a certain extent and what i'm getting at is he had a falling out with his mom and dad because they sold five hundred thousand dollars worth of sports memorabilia that was his and he's like come on man like really like that was personal gifts i gave you and i bought you guys a home that wasn't enough and i think they resent they, they were upset like yo we're your parents like you should fucking take care of us and blah blah whatever and it's a weird thing like i'm just curious um like, like, how do you feel about that? If your dad's like, well, this is mine or whatever. And, and you know, I don't know, like you, you said here's, something. Here's what
1: I'm going to say. Listen, you can, everybody has different family dynamics and it runs right. deep and there's a lot of history there. And who knows what happens in families to create that. I think, you know, money in general can create a lot oh of God. issues within a family. Of course. Uh, you know, I've never, I've never experienced that for myself. It right. Money has never created, uh, you know, issues amongst me and my siblings or anything like that. But, right. you know, what I will say is what my dad said to me is when I got out of college, he it was two weeks after leaving college and I got a call from my dad and he said, what's your plan? And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. I'm going to take some time off to figure it out. And he said, you're going to what? And I said, yeah, I'm going to take some time off to figure it out. He goes, take some time off from what? And I said, I don't know. I just got out of college four years. And he said listen to me. You just had a two week vacation after college. He said, you have two more weeks of vacation where I will help you out. But in those two weeks, you better find a job and you better figure out your path. And I don't care after those two weeks, if you live with me for the rest of your life, you can eat my food for free. You can stay in my house for free. I will not charge you rent. You can watch my TV. You can do anything you want. He goes, but I will not help you with a car. I will not help you. I will not give you $5 if you want to go out with your friends and your friends are going to get very sick and tired of taking you to the movies and to dinner. Trust me. He goes, so you can live with me and live under my roof for free, but you will get nothing if you don't get a job. And he goes, and let me be clear. He goes, I don't care if you find your dream job or you are making coffee on the side of the road. I don't care what your job is. As long as you get a job and you work hard at your job, because there's some great people. People make great coffee. Believe me, we all right. drink coffee. <laughs> right. I would be really upset with people that didn't <laughs> give me great coffee in the morning. So, it's crazy. you know, and that was the beginning. And within 10 days, I got a job. Doing what? <laughs> I called a girlfriend of mine who was... Uh, working at the Toronto Film Festival. And I said, I'm freaking out, I need a job. And she said, you can come be my assistant. I'm gonna be there for 10 days and I will give you $500 in cash. And I thought, hell yeah. I didn't, I didn't even like equate what that was per hour. I just right. thought like, hell yeah. So I was like, I've got 10 extra days. Right. So I called my dad, oh, I'm gonna do 10 days. And he said, okay, great, well, there's 10 more days you bought yourself, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then when I was there, she was on a call with Bonnie Fuller, who was the editor in chief of Glamour Magazine. Right. And um, Bonnie Fuller was looking a, for a West Coast beauty fitness editor. I was 21 at the time. Holy shit. I said, throw my name in the hat. And she was like, for what? You've like never even had a job. You don't even have a resume. I mean, I had had jobs, summer jobs. Right, I right, worked right. all the time, but it. a real job. Somehow I got the interview, I got a flight to New York, I interviewed for her, I got home and I remember for three weeks, every day my dad called me. Did you find out yet? Did you find out if you got the job? I was like, no, no. And I was standing in front of Earth Cafe on Melrose and I got a call from her and she said, I would love to offer you the position of West Coast Beauty Fitness Editor. And I went into the interview with her. I was like, I don't have a resume, but if you want someone who knows what's happening in Los Angeles and who's cool and who's great and who's energetic and who's out all the time, hire me, I'm gonna be amazing. I was just like... (laughs) Building myself up. So, hey, everybody who's listening to this, go into interviews and build yourself up. Tell them how amazing you are. One hundred percent. And that was it. She called me. She said twenty four thousand dollars a year is your offer. And I was, I thought like money was like falling from the skies. It was so much money. I was so excited. And wow, that was it.
0: That's crazy. So, with your dad, um, how many siblings do you have?
1: Three. Me and then three more.
0: Oh, okay, it's crazy. So, so he had to like have these individual relationships with all you guys, which is amazing. I don't know. I'm not going to ask him if you have a favorite or nothing, uh, or if he had a favorite, um, but you have a daughter. For me,
1: I'm definitely his
0: favorite. <laughs> oh Sorry, <my> guys.
1: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Carson, Eli, Sarah.
0: <laughs> so, you have a, so you have a daughter, obviously, I right? I do, and a son. And so like, well, but, but the daughter more, yep. you know, like, like you know, it's, Ruby. it's a woman. So you have a daughter. Yeah. What is it that you would love to see her do in a perfect, like career-wise, what would you want?
1: You know what, Ruby has always said from literally the time she could talk, she wants to do charity and she wants to be an actress. So if those are two things she wants to do, absolutely. I would like her to go to college, Right? you know? I would like her right. to work really hard. I would like her to study her craft if she really does want to be an actress. Right. Um, but uh, I just, you know what, listen. Again, cliche, I've used the word before, but I just want
0: to see her be happy and work hard. And I people think- don't realize though it has to get embedded 50 million times. Happiness is crazy because I thought when I made millions, I was gonna be happy. Nope. And then it's like, yo, boom, that shit is done. It made my life convenient, did not make me happy.
1: Listen, you know? people always think the grass is always greener on the other side. There's always something better. There's always something more exciting. There's always something like different. And you know what? The truth is like work hard and Be loving and...
0: But honestly, like if she's like, mom, okay, so look at, I had this idea for this business. I need like...
1: (laughs) I'm like, you get nothing. I (laughs) can't say no to my
0: kids. I just can't.
1: I don't know what it is. But you know what? I think as a business person, you can. I think you can say like, let me hear what you're trying to do. And I had no plan for my jewelry company. Zero. So for my dad to be like, sure, what do you need would have actually been ridiculous because I wouldn't have known what to do with
0: the money. No, I know you're right. No, seriously, honestly to tell you the truth, you're completely right because I'm a different person when I'm a boss at work when yes. I'm a boss at one of my one of my businesses. Yeah. It's just crazy. Speaking of your kids again, you know, yep. um, you're younger, but you grew up in enough where where we didn't have social when we were growing nope. up. And then social Thank came. God. Yeah, there's there's Friendster, there's MySpace. When I see these fucking dating apps, by the way, now my friends are telling me, This is what it's like, Ben. This is what it's like dating now. Ugh. I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? to like we're dead ass serious. I'm like, fuck that. But going on, there's create, there's that's created way more psychopaths, creeps, trolls, social media has just gotten really, I mean, there's so many good things, but even more bad. You know, you can talk so much shit behind his us, username and whatever, and it's like, I'm just curious. Is that part of the reason why you're so private about showing your kids on, on social media?
1: You know what, I, I just don't, Um, believe me, there are things I would like to post every single day because it is so fun to watch them and they're singing and dancing and yelling at me and being hilarious and cute and cuddly. And, you know, listen, I would love to show off my kids, but, um, I, I do have a private account. Where oh, I can nice. share it with you know, a hundred you can follow. I'll, I'll give you the I'll, I'll give you, you my private account
0: too. I have a private account <laughs> okay. too,
1: but so like you know, the hundred people that follow it, so it's yeah. like
0: I have like 40 followers exactly.
1: On there, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know, you know, I go back and forth with it sometimes, but I feel like it's just not necessary.
0: Good for you, for
1: what, for right now, for me. Um, I'm taking
0: notes, by the way, like that's.
1: For me, you know, and, and believe me, like your children are the cutest things in the entire world. And I want to watch you take them to school every single day. And I'm, right. and, and yeah. believe me when my son and I are like blasting Lizzo in the car yeah. and singing out loud, like I want to post it just yeah. cause it's fun and well, good you know, energy.
0: The close friends things is pretty cool. So use that. But if yeah. you notice, like there's no way ever in a million years, like one time, I realized, um, you could see my son's uniform and I was like, Oh fuck. Like, no, 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 that's mm-hmm. not gonna happen. And I, I am really scared about yeah. things like that. And you know, there's, I almost said someone's, I don't, I don't want people to fucking go, but there's like, you know, A-list celebrities that kids go to my kid's school and everything, and like, I don't know, um it's just better, and, and yeah. I'm just taking notes about it, whatever, but I guess that's My smart. kids
1: are almost at an age where, you know, I won't be able to control it. Uh, my daughter will be 18 in five years, or whatever it is, and I just right. think like, but, you But, but,
0: but is, it, is it to protect them, or? Are there like creep fucking creepy? like, oh my God, um, we're gonna find out where Toby lives. Or I don't know, it's just weird shit like that. Has that ever been like, has that been an issue? Or are you just, you're just pro protecting yourself?
1: Listen, I think unfortunately, there are unwell people out there who don't have the best intentions always. <laughs> right. um, but uh, I try not to even like let that negativity seep into my world because I yeah. get super paranoid about things like that. <laughs> right. Um and yeah, there's been some awful people, but you just, I just, I just think that social media is one of those things. It's a very slippery slope. It is. And um,
0: it's not as fun as anymore to me there as well. So it's kind of like a really, it's a business thing. Yeah, I just it's, try
1: and keep it as, I don't know, I try and just be careful and I try not to think too much about it. And listen, like I'll post a happy birthday post to my kids or I'll do a cute thing here or there. But, no, I get it. You yeah. know, I'm careful.
0: It's funny because I remember, um, you know how hard it is, especially, they changed the algorithms about 40 times, right? A couple of them were crucial. The last three or four, they've shut down every bot, well, the companies that sell likes and followers, or whatever, they've just have fucked so many things up on algorithms, you know, you could see things seven days ago, three days, I was like, bitch, I don't wanna see things from three days, go and see shit, like, that thing should be older than 24 hours, and even then it kinda sucks, right? So you think of somebody who breaks the internet or whatever. It's like, that shit ain't gonna happen no more. Even Kim couldn't fucking go butt naked and be like, it, it, it'll it go and, and pass. But like, when Jennifer Aniston joined- I,
1: Jen, I would say Jen did. She Jen, did it. But Jen the thing broke was, it. I'm not,
0: okay, again, listen, I've never watched an episode of Friends in my entire life. Well, you should. My, yeah, my wife loves it. <laughs> and she even said, she goes, you know, you went to fucking high school with fucking David Trimmer. You should fucking watch it. It's pretty funny. Then I found out about Matt LeBlanc. I had no idea that he's such an insane, insane, amazing car Enthusiast and also amazing driver, by the way. Race tracks and everything. By the way, I remember I saw your cousin. Right? Was that what it was? Who's a crazy car dude? And I ran into him on Sunset. You said he saw me. He has he has a rare. He has a oh, Porsche. Oh no
1: no no! My brother in law. Oh, it's
0: your brother in law. Yes. Yeah. Super yes. Super random. Yes. So, so he's I've amazing, never, yeah, I've Aaron. Never, but so I go on. You know how you could see mutual friends, whatever. And I'm like, really? Ninety percent of my fucking these are guys who are Some, some of these dudes are real gangsters. You follow Jennifer Aniston? Why? He's like, motherfucker, you don't know who Rachel is. I was like, wait, Motherf-?
1: gangsters follow Jen Aniston? I'm going to tell her.
0: Yeah, I'm telling. She's like, going to be really thrilled. Some of my boys who like run in Compton, and I'm like,
1: because she why? is the best.
0: And they said, oh, you don't know about Rachel? And I'm like, who the fuck is Rachel? Because I had no idea what the fuck that is. He goes, bro, you're really like tripping. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, bro, it's only like so much you could really watch on. I was like, he's like, there's Seinfeld. I was like, wait a minute, hold on you're trying to tell me that friends and all he goes yeah it's on that level of seinfeld bro this was i grew up on this show with my wife and blah blah and i'm like good people in the hood watch friends he goes man it was a good show so anyways going on i immediately see she follows like 30 people off bat and i'm like oh shit she followed jen that's cool meyer you know (laughs) just funny i don't know anyways going back to the paranoia and everything else do you do you think you have any haters
1: i'm sure i have some haters (laughs) I'm sure. I've had some people say some not nice things about me on the internet.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't understand why. Like it's so. I mean cr- either. So rude. Even, like, you know, like it's. So What's cr- not to love, guys? Seriously. Jen is the <laughs> nicest person in the world. Um, what is the Jen Meyer goal? Like, what is your exit plan? Like, what do you, like. Exit when does, plan? Yeah. Do you have one? Do you, is there a goal that you want to do? Like, do you want to stop at 50? Do you want to stop it? You know, or do you just want to keep going on?
1: You know what? I'm so happy right now and like you said i mean really the goal is happiness and right. right now i'm loving what i'm doing you know professionally you know my kids are in this great space i have this amazing relationship with my ex-husband everything just feels great so you know i don't really have an exit plan when it comes to you know uh, you know, my my career at the moment. I'm just really happy with what I'm doing. The company's growing every single year and um, it's really fun to be a part of.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Um, do you have any business business advice that you could give to young women out there who want to start their own business or want to become their own boss one day? Like, is there, any, are there, is there like at least one thing that you say, like, all right, well, you got to do this or you got to do this for just like, even for my daughter, like if she listened to this later on and been like, is there any kind of advice that you can give to someone out there that just, whatever it may be?
1: Listen, I think think that we're in an amazing time for women and women have to take advantage of that. And women are everything and we are strong, we are successful, we're emotional. We come from every single side and I think we can accomplish anything. And I think that if you wanna be your own boss or there's a specific company that you wanna start, I think just, don't be afraid to watch your dreams come true. I mean, truly, it's like dream big and expect them to happen.
0: That's awesome. I see some of your memes that you post sometimes. I'm like, damn, she's always posting some. <laughs> especially when it's like at nine a.m. I'm like, a.m. Like, damn, she. That's okay. i am start my okay, day off pretty good. That makes
1: me feel better because you know what? I started posting quotes like. Eight. I mean, whatever. What was it? Eight years ago, when Instagram came out, and then everyone started not saying that I started a trend, but you know, everyone started to post quotes, and I'm like, okay, d- am I doing too much? But you know what? I got to get back to it because when you say it, and other people say it, and they DM me all the time, like things you say yeah. are so inspirational, and it's not the things I say. I mean, I pull it from from other people most of the time, but I love it, and it just keeps me going. So little moments. So thank you. There's I'm one thing more. you did
0: say about six or seven years ago. Okay just like seven years ago and i remember you said you were the first person i saw say it, it was oh, so God. Funny. and you put on it was like a, like a like a meme or something yeah. and you just just to all my friends or whatever just know i'm never saying ducking or something <laughs> like that or something and i was like fuck yes. i hate when you write fuck or fucking and it says duck ducking. i'm like
1: i've never said ducking in my life what yeah. why do you keep auto-correcting me yeah
0: that's some funny ass shit um also, like my last business related question, yes. do, do you invest in stocks or any real estate? or Like, is there anything like, like, I mean.
1: You know what? I've started doing a couple investments. I think, you know, nothing crazy, but a few investments here and there. And I think that, you know, if I was to give any advice on that, I think for me, the ones I have done are friends that I believe in. And people nice. that I believe are smart and interesting and starting companies that nice. I want to help get behind. And most of the time I don't look at it in the sense of like how much money can I make? I look at it this could be this could be really exciting. So
0: that's actually really, really dope that you you have yeah, for friends, especially. You know, um, and just came, I don't know why, it just popped up out of nowhere. I bring up his name a lot on this podcast because of the high school that we went to. Both of us not coming from a rich or wealthy background, and how shrewd and smart. And I think that it's so funny because Koreans and Jews get along so well. Both very hardworking. Both have fucking stomach issues. <laughs> um They're they're both very business savvy. uh I grew up and went to high school with Guy O'Siri. You know, we we, we worked together. Yeah. And it, you know, he was the outcast at school. He wasn't living Beverly Hills He's and whatever. The best. This motherfucker has invested in the best, most fucking amazing things, like one of them being Uber and just, he's so fucking smart, you know, it's just like, damn. And these are, again, it's just, you know, when you have a, a, I always want to be around people who are even more successful than me. I want to be like the least successful person in the room so I could soak up some game and, you know, and just like.
1: But listen, guy is, not only is guy so smart, he, and so successful, he's, really kind and yeah. he's an amazing family man and right. he's really i mean for me i've 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 known him for 20 plus years and yeah. i love him so much and he's a really good friend of mine um and i love his wife and his kids are phenomenal yeah. and you just find people that find real balance right. when you can find it yeah you're successful
0: right you know and
1: also like it's really annoying that he didn't bring us all into uber thanks a lot yeah, guy you fucker honestly it's
0: funny <laughs> when i'm um, when I really started blowing up, you know, I did well off top from jewelry when I like what took off, took off. I remember I'm at Asia to Cuba. Oh yeah. And we're just at the Mondrian and guy walks in and he sees my wife and he's like, Hey man, I'm, I'm guy. And he, he does this all the time. If I see him and like, I'll randomly run into the Super Bowl or wherever it was on the floor seats. And he'd be like, Hey, how you doing guy? It was very nice to meet you. Go fuck yourself guy. Cause he thinks I'm too big time. He thinks I'm like being a big time dude now. And he tells my wife and she, she's like, Oh, well, Oh, it's nice to meet you. Um I think I've heard your name before. And he goes, "Yeah. I was, you know, I knew Ben before he's come up." And I'm like, "Go fuck yourself, guy." He has to try to take a little shot cuz I always fuck with them. But anyways, um real quick because you're from LA yeah. and only the people from LA I, do I ask this. Name one or three of your favorite restaurants in Los Angeles.
1: <laughs> oh god, So easy and so, so hard. So many. Yeah. Just off, top um, of your head. Okay. Well, I love Giorgio's. Oh my it's god. It's very close to my house. Come on. It's I just by, like, by the
0: way, guys, you remember I mentioned Giorgio's um two episodes ago. My favorite places to eat in LA.
1: It's the greatest.
0: It's amazing.
1: I love Nate Niles.
0: I uh, mentioned Nate Niles, guys. They extra Russian dressing. But, uh, I okay. mean,
1: I love Nate Niles. I um one oh, more. Come on. Um I hate sounding so fancy, but I mean, I love in and out. I love Fuck Matsuhisa. That. Fuck
0: that. Say, what, what's what's name a fancy spot?
1: I said Matsuhisa.
0: Come on, that ain't fancy. It it No,
1: fancier than that, really? Yeah. Like what?
0: I don't know. I mean, give shit, me one of yours. Um, I did say uh, Naza Bar, which is definitely like a few levels okay, up higher. Yeah, that's than, good. That's so. Like, what about so Sushi fun. Park? Sushi Park is really good, but I like Asanabo a little better.
1: I've never been there.
0: Oh my lord!
1: I love Sushi Park though.
0: So I was talking about Asanabo, and uh, it was just random because you're sitting there. Where is it? It's in on Ventura Boulevard in Studio City. <laughs> I'm okay, sitting so there. I to go there. In the same day, in the same 30 minutes, Joaquin Phoenix walks in, and I'm like, I'm not like, never a vegan. He's in there eating.
1: Oh, uh-huh. you know? I'm not the type of
0: person, and they have vegan sushi though. My wife. Okay, had. okay. So. It's not the type. I'm not the type of person to walk up to someone and be like, "Hey, Mary, we used to hang out at Cyanide Fever with Brent Bolt." Like I didn't say shit to the dude. You know, he gets up, and George Clooney walks in. I'm just like, "What the fuck is going on here?" But it's it's an amazing place. Austin able is really good. You should definitely check it out. Okay, I'm gonna check it out. Where is uh your fair place to vacation?
1: Um. I love a good vacation. I will be honest. I love That's what I'm asking. I, I love Hawaii. I love Cabo. You know, well,
0: Cabo's so easy. It's, it's two so hours easy. and fifteen. minutes. We were minutes, just there for Christmas. You know? My kids
1: had the best time.
0: You know what's funny is is um are you are you close to Jessica Alba or no? I mean, she's wonderful. Right. Yes. Cash, I've known forever. Right. I was crossroads Cash. with him. Yeah. Oh my God. So you grew up with Baron then and Davis and everything. So it's so, okay yeah. So Baron is my dog. And my sister
1: and, went to prom with Baron. Can I say that?
0: I didn't know that. <laughs> I had no idea. Um. But I've known Baron forever. Yes, and, uh, me too. Um, I've known Cash forever and ever. Yes. How funny is this? I met Cash through Dasha. Oh. When they were in college. All right. So I've known Cash forever. There's this little sandwich spot on Canon called Il Trimazzino We used to go to a lot. Oh,
1: the chicken yeah, grilled chicken, chicken sandwich please. with the pesto. So, yeah,
0: the amazing. So, I mean, I used to go there with Cash and stuff and everything. And it was open and, till
1: three in the morning. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no. And I know. um, <laughs> I
0: remember when uh, um. I guess honest it hit like a billion. And uh I've never ever stayed in a, a house. I've always stayed on a resort, you know, like the one and only or like, you know, whatever, um Las Ventanas or something. But then uh there was a spot that had like these great places, like, oh Tom Brady stays here with just I was like, I don't give a fuck. Is it amazing or not? Comes with the chef, blah, blah, whatever. And I remember when we were leaving, Jessica and Cash were checking in. So oh, I was like, oh so shit. Funny. I felt like I was special at that point. I was like, okay, yeah. I can hang with the big yeah, dogs. You had good taste. But is there anywhere like in, I mean, like, where's your favorite place in Europe to go to?
1: Um, oh, no, no. I l- take me to Italy any day.
0: Okay. That's so funny. <laughs> By the way, Dasha put me up on a lot of Italy shit. Like, it's crazy.
1: If you want to travel Europe, ask Dasha. She knows what oh she's talking my about. Oh, God.
0: Jesus Christ. I mean, listen, she was talking about Sardinia in 2000. In 2000. Nobody even fucking, you know, didn't even know about Sardinia until like later. And she was always on, on top of shit. Um, My first time going to south of France. Like, she just Aww. was, it's my favorite so anyways guys um, well first of all Jen thank you so much thank you for having me for being the fucking second CEO person I've had on (laughs) here we're gonna continue to have women on this show you guys gotta get used to it they are running the fucking world and I want my daughter to be a boss one day and I want her to be happy as well but I gotta say thank you seriously for coming on Um, yo Miles man can you throw me one of them lakey lake beats and we out yeah, that was dope as fuck. Uh Jen is legit. And um I mean she didn't even talk about it like that. I mean, you know, amongst her friends and everything. But you know, her being married to one of the most not even just the most famous, but one of the most like respected, legit desbian actors of my era. And he's also another guy I love. Um, if you couldn't figure that out, I mean, I'm sure you will, you can Google it, whatever. But she doesn't publicly talk about it. Um, she obviously don't talk about the divorce. She's just very special. And I like that she's private enough, you know, and just, it, it, I, I learned from her just the, the way she she, had, she handles her business. You know, my wife is very similar too. My wife don't floss none of the bags. She could floss so much. She just doesn't. My wife is real chill. You know, one thing I forgot to ask her, actually I was thinking about is is um if she donates to charities, um, to different charities. You know, I know she's heavily involved in that Baby to Baby Foundation. and That's dope. But the reason why I ask this is, I swear like, listen, 30, like 30 or 40% Of the time, well, anytime I post a car or fucking jewelry or something, anything, fucking a great vacation or something, I swear, 30 or 40% of the people in the comments, I get like, you know, hundreds of people asking me, oh, do you donate to any charities, you know, and most of them ask what have I done for like the black and urban communities and it's it's fucking mind baffling. I'm like, listen man, (laughs) my background, right? Like, if you add $10 to your name, and you live, like, pretty broke, it's not a lot different than being broke in the ghetto and everywhere else. It's just the geographic location and and maybe it being a little bit of hard of a factor for, you know, you to go out there and network yourself out there out of that area so you can do better for yourself and further yourself in your career and your financial status. Yes, it's a little tougher because, you know, being in Compton and being a townist, but it's not like it was, again, you know, if I grew, if I grew up and, and didn't come from much, and I was broke, like, you know, I didn't come from much, you know, my mom worked really hard, and later on, you know, it was cool, but, you know, at the same time, you know, we, things went to to a a life, you know, our lifestyle, living, and even when I was broke as fuck, I never, ever, not ever, did I fucking question or ask my head, like, you know, I wonder what the fuck, uh, what, I wonder how, does Dice Cube or Dr. Dre, what do they do for their community, do they donate money to, to charities, and, you know, like, or, you know, when I was on my come up in Hollywood. And that was when I was grinding and I had no paper. I never thought to myself, damn, what does Diddy do for, you know, like uh, for for you know to people or, or you know, to poor people and, and and you know, the people in fucking Mexico or whatever, you know, like or any like famous rich white person. Never did I care or want to know if they donated money to the poor. Like, it wouldn't make them any better in my eyes. Okay. You know, going out there and doing charity work and, you know, doing all that stuff, that's some other shit. Yeah, cool. But again, I never ask anybody. No one, like, you don't, it's like not a requirement. That's cool. I know you use your platform, whatever, and that's cool. But again, I would never look at you any different. It's just the weirdest fucking thing to me. All right? And this is coming from Broke Ben Baller. Still not Ben Humble. Broke Ben Baller never asked that. So what is it with you fucking people that constantly ask that? Like, this is weird. Like, oh, what have you done? You know? And like, what's crazy is, I've donated to date millions of dollars to inner city schools and programs in, in the Washington State area, but, but who cares? Like you just do it if you can, you know what I'm saying? You don't promote it, it's like silly, it's almost embarrassing if someone people who promote it and stuff, it's like, my philosophy is this, okay? A lot of people go out there and help others in need, and yes, you know, some of them are destitute and they need it badly. But they don't realize how many legit scams there are. And I'm skeptical because you know, even Red Cross, they said like fucking 35 or 40% of the money doesn't even get, it just gets lost in the fucking, in the shuffle. Other big charity foundations are even worse, like 50% goes to it. And it's like, dude, not all your money is going to those needy people in Haiti or wherever you're doing it to. It's like, look, at, this is my thing, okay? And, and please hear me out. I mean, you have no choice. You can fast forward this if you want, but... I'm responsible for my own. Okay. That's my immediate family. And then, you know, the rest of my direct family, right? But if everyone just took care of their own, there'd be so much less unfortunate shit going on, right? You see how much how big the separation is from the 1% wealth compared to the rest. There's barely barely a middle class. But like, I get it. Yes. I know that some of these people can't even help their own, but a lot can, right, that the homeless problem is getting worse and worse in LA, it's fucking, it's it's really scary, it's really sad, you know, I have nightmares all the time, like, fuck, you know, damn, wake up, what if I couldn't pay for this, whatever, and it's, and it's mostly because I have kids, and other people have kids, and I get it, but you gotta be smart, you gotta think, you know, um, people be like, oh, I don't believe in abortion, you believe in being broken, suffering for rest of your life, that's not your life, you know, you think, some people say, oh, well, this was in the books, no, man, you could have prepped this out, And did this a certain way. Some people want to struggle. I get it. But, like, be smart. Don't bring a child into the world if you can't take care of it. That child did not ask to be brought into the world. You know? And um, it's almost the same argument. Like, you can't save someone who's drowning if you can't swim that well your damn self. You know? You gotta take care of yourself first. More, more. Stop trying to be like. I mean, really, take care of yourself. Because if you're not living well, it's like, oh, it's, it's not that honorable for you to give what you don't have. Cause you'd be like, oh, someone has less. Like if you have shit and someone has less than shit, it's just you gotta take care of yourself. All right. You have to take care of your kids if you have them. You gotta take care of your mother. All right. You know, help those in need if you can. All right. But at the same time, that is not your immediate responsibility period, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm promoting it to not help, I'm just saying, like, it's, it's, you guys are fucking crazy, because you think I got paper now, and I I got a little paper, cool, right, and in the general sense of where I sit in society, yeah, you know, it, it may be on, on the very high end, again, I earned every single motherfucking dollar, didn't cheat nobody, didn't fuck nobody over, I got no bad karma coming my way, but you fucking weirdos, man, I swear, again, you know, it, my immediate responsibility is not to take care of the people in the Philippines hate. it's to take care of my family and I know I have lot. but you know what there's a lot of things that I want to do that I haven't set up yet that I actually even can't yet so you gotta take care of yourself anyways okay so on to some more girl shit cause this is uh, you know showing love to the women Um, <laughs> I used to love watching Lifetime movies you know I used to date this girl who loved watching that shit and I said, okay, I'm not watching this shit and then, you know, I get, I get start getting high and I'm like, okay, this shit is addicting. This is trash entertainment for fuck it, let's go. Let's watch this. So, um, Netflix has this show called Dirty John and it's produced by Eric Bana who I love as an actor. Listen, if you guys have ever saw the movie Chopper, holy fucking shit. That movie is fucking insane. Um, chopper is a movie about a legendary just fucking lunatic gangster from australia who just just was crazy as fuck this motherfucker's killing people just it's an older might be like early 2000 but it was an independent film and that was eric bana's first movie before any blockbuster shit and to tell you the truth i haven't heard from dude in the longest i don't know what the fuck his career has been quiet as fuck but anyways this show little john um it's uh, set in Newport Beach around Balboa Island. And, you know, like, I knew Newport Beach pretty well. I know Newport Beach pretty well. Okay, I dated a few girls from there. Me and Jonas used to run through that area like a motherfucker. Um, holy shit, it's fucking crazy because that's where Kobe lived. He resided in Newport Beach for the last 15 years. But he was in Newport Coast, which is still in Newport Beach, but it's like the, it's part of Newport Beach. It's the Bel Air, Beverly Hills. It's super crazy Kobe lived in an area where the cheapest house in his gated community is like 11 mil. But anyway, you know I love Pelican Hill, Javier's, all that shit. So anyways, this show is it's just a fucking crazy ass show about a fucking con man, all right, who's also a sociopath and he's also a stalker, just the fucking, fucking most fucked up crazy dude. My God, it's intense. It's a great show, cheap, good thrills. I recommend you watch this with your girl or your Listen, ladies, watch that with your man. Or, you know what, ladies, watch it with your girls. Great fucking show. um, <laughs> just Dirty John on Netflix. It's fucking free. Watch this shit. But listen, man, right about now, I got to give a big motherfucking happy birthday shout out to my dog, my fellow Aquarian, Kid Cuddy. Cuddy, man, I love you, bro. You have been fucking amazing new friend in my life, you know. We've been friends for just over a year now. I knew you before, but we were acquaintances. Um, happy birthday, bro! You know, I, I can't wait to see you later. Uh, I chilled with Cuddy yesterday, and um, to be real, his attitude and his energy is so awesome that he instantly put me in a great mood. I delivered him his new chain, and it's fucking just nutty. All right, it's fucking k. Cha- it's just, just chaotic beauty. Like I said before, when I get the proper time to develop something, I'm not being rushed and I have a lot of preparation. I just do excellent work. All right. And I get better as time goes on. You know what I'm saying? Of course my work gets better and better. But this is just my true masterpiece. You know, we were gonna post the chain today for his birthday, but due to the nature of Kobe's death and things, you know, it's probably insensitive and, and and we wanna wait. Until at least after the Super Bowl. I mean, probably after, until after uh Kobe's funeral, so it has proper legs. Do you know what I'm saying? It doesn't take away from what's going on with, with Kobe. And uh Cudi was just so fucking hyped. Murakami was hyped. I had to send him, you know, pictures. And um, this is just incredible overall. You know, I'm so fucking grateful and so blessed to have this relationship with both of these great artists, one being Cudi, one being Takashi Murakami. But I'll give you a rough idea. All right. Cuddy designed the actual necklace part of this. And the necklace part is an all Murakami character diamond and gemstone lei. Okay, you know what a lei is? Lay is that it's the flower style necklaces you get in Hawaii. You know, beautiful if you had a lei on you. We made a diamond gemstone Murakami character lei. Okay, you, you can't even fucking imagine the level of cuckoo <laughs> that this shit is. It's fresh as fuck. And the pendant is just gorgeous. Of course, the Murakami character pendant. It's just fucking dope. I can't wait to show y'all. Um, like I said, man, I can't wait to fucking turn up with my dog tonight. It's going to be fucking dope, man. Good energy and everything, all that. Um, so let me backtrack real quick back to my to my B-Day brunch. Um, that had all the makings of a great party. But the mood and the energy was just dead. It was sucked out. You know, I was in a fucked up mood. Uh... I posted a video on my actual page, not my story, of me scoring a 501 in Speed of Light, which is actually a really, really good score, right? And if you hit a Dave & Busters and you play Speed of Light, and there's one light, just one fucking light out, it's going to be nearly impossible for you to get that score, okay? My high score is in the low 600s, and yes, you know, the last time I played the game, because I can check my card and see when I went there, was on October 4th, okay? I did play one day before my birthday in San Diego, but I played one game, you know what I'm saying? Because the machine was fucked up, and I scored like a 350-something. The machine, was it had one or two broken lights. It was like fucked up. But, you know, listen, people got me, like, they're tripping. I've played Speed of Light for a grand total of about 25 times, and I only started playing in May of 2019, in the end of May. All right, so I've been playing for even a year, all right? It's a really fun fucking game. It takes a lot out of you, and I'm not in good shape. Our, you know, the Echelon bike, by the way, is doing wonders for me, but it's not easy to play this game, if, especially if you want to be good, all right? 99% of the people, the guys who commented, damn, you're slow, you're in slow motion, those motherfuckers, 99% of them couldn't score 200 in that. That's real, all right? And um, when, when, I, when I play Speed of Light, I've never played over three times in one actual visit of Dave and Buster's. And sometimes I'm at Dave and Buster's for two hours or so. You know, when I'm playing the Star Trek, that's what I'm doing, the fucking Star Trek fucking coin game where I fucking get the the chips and the cards and shit and the coins and my ticket scores out of control. But, like, listen, if an insane, the, the most elite athlete in the NFL who's also in the best shape that a human can possibly be in scores a 240 after a few tries and people are like oh he looks like he's going fast whatever and again this is a man he's a wide receiver i'm talking about Jarvis Landry think about it okay you 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 think that you can you can you can score 500 That motherfucker couldn't score 500 it's going to take him a minute to try to get there and then he has to figure out you know just hand eye coordination impeccable like i said but i have to say thank you again to Dave and Buster's corporation to my man Popeye Vasquez fucking Thank you, Popeye, for holding me down, my family down. I fucking love you, Popeye. You fucking amazing. Um, later on that day, I, I got my favorite Baskin Robbins ice cream cake. You know, I like cheap cakes, dog. I like Ralph's Market cake. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm not really into the big fancy old you know shit. Um, my kids hand wrote me some um, homemade birthday cards, and it's just the best shit ever. It's just, I love it. It's just. Fuck, I love, my, you know, I love being a dad, love my kids. It fucks me up. I just sit and I go and sometimes I'll sleep in the bed with my kids and my wife be like, yo, are they, are they were they crying? I'm like, no. I just want to stare at Lennon and Ryder and Kai, kind of just stare at them for, you know, sometimes 20, 30 minutes, an hour. Just, I can't, I touch their hair. I give them kisses while they're asleep. And, you know, just getting those kind of gifts, it just touches my heart in, in a whole different way. That girl dad shit is real, man. But Really daddy gang in general is just real you know i've been hugging my kids a little bit more these days you know but like you know because you know they say hug your kids whatever but i i hugged them a whole lot already and my son asked last week you know when i was in san francisco he was like he asked my wife he's like why has daddy gone so much lately you know so it's not fair and i found out i was like i spent all day with my kids today because i finished that big ass piece i got to do some joints for Afrojack that I was supposed to do a year ago that literally my shit's so backed up I have some small things I gotta do for some people but uh I canceled all my trips for February you know um I know I gotta go to San Francisco for something but you know what if if I do go I cancel the trip to Dubai I cancel all this shit but if I go I'm bringing one or two of my kids with me you know which um I do have a family trip at the end of February to New York City and uh actually be celebrating my anniversary out there with my wife. So we're gonna do a lot of family shit. Empire State Building, you know, the fucking uh Statue of Liberty, everything, Central Park, the the hopefully the um carousel is open, it's not too cold and whatever. But I'm also gonna be podcasting from New York City. Uh I got Joe Budden coming on the show. I got Avion's jewelry um company on the show. You know what, fucking I might even get an interview with Trax because he's dm me. We've talked a little bit and whatever and let me see what the fuck this motherfucker got to say, and we'll figure it all out then and there, but it'd be a cool little aspect, a different view and vision from another jeweler. Uh, me and him are totally different people. But listen, listen, I love you guys, all right? I really need you guys to keep spreading that good word about this podcast, about Behind the Baller. Tell all your good friends to tell their friends, and please keep leaving reviews. It's, it's so helpful. And please hit that subscribe button. That That's the most important thing, right? Um. again I'm so grateful and I appreciate everyone who listens to the show and please if you live outside of California or New York or any of the major metropolitan cities or states um, if you live like in you know just the Midwest or anywhere else whatever you can be in Texas anywhere other than like California New York or Miami or some shit right please post videos of where you're listening to the show where you're listening to Behind the Baller and we will and if you're outside the, the USA of course wherever you are in the world post where you listen to it and we'll repost it um shout out to the dust brothers this show is not possible without them um i will see you guys after the super bowl with the weekend wrap-up and oh yeah wait hold on speaking of the super bowl goddamn, we didn't even talk about that shit listen man i don't know i want and i think the chiefs are going to win this game period straight up they just i think they're they're just gonna they're gonna outscore the fuck out of them period but let's see what happens Uh, Once again, last call. Friends and family, if you want to come by and watch the Super Bowl at my crib, we're going to have catering food. You already know. TV system man cave out of this world. Um, Yo, that's it, man. Lakey Lake, a.k.a. Lakey Inspired. Please take us all out of here with something light. Peace.